Love the outdoors. Love nature. I'm a vegan, of course. Slowly working towards full vegan vegan. Hi. Climb on in, buckle up, sit back, and relax. And listen to me, Joni Marie Newman, rant and rave as we're driving around town on today's episode of Vegan Road Rant. Hi there, welcome to episode four of Vegan Road Rants. Today, I do not have an interview for you, so you get me, only me, talking about uh, my adventures on the Engine 2 Diet, uh, the vegan street fair that's coming up this weekend, and a couple other things that I uh, just felt like talking about as I was driving around. Um, next time, I'm going to have all kinds of fun interviews because I will have gone to Expo West, the vegan street fair. I have Demetrius Bagley staying with me for two weeks. Um, I will be seeing all kinds of wonderful, amazing vegan folks that I hope to strap in the passenger seat and interview. So make sure you tune into episode five where you will hear lots of fun news about lots of fun stuff that happened. But for today, you are stuck listening to little old me. So enjoy episode four of Vegan Road Rants. So in my quest to create tasty foods that also have no oil in them, not because I don't like oil, because I love oil, but because I'm trying to lose a few pounds, um, I made this sauce last night that is so good. So I'm going to share it with you because it's super easy and I can remember the recipe out of my head. It's super easy to make. So I took like about a half a cup of vegetable broth and put it in the bottom of a pot. Then I took a really big onion, it was a white onion, and I just roughly chopped it, um, like a large dice, the whole onion, and threw it in the pot with the vegetable broth. And um, I simmered it until the onions got super, super, super soft and translucent and mushy. And then I added in two giant heaping tablespoons of minced garlic um, and a, just a little bit of salt and black pepper. Cooked it for about five more minutes and then I took it off the heat and I stirred in about two-thirds cup of unsweetened almond milk and about a quarter cup of nutritional yeast flakes and a box of soft silken tofu in, the, in an aseptic package. Um, I just dumped it all in there. And then I took my immersion blender and I pureed it until it was really smooth. And that sauce is very savory and creamy and it tastes amazing um, like over pasta or poured over like broccoli, steamed broccoli. Um, Last night I used it to make potatoes. I took some boiled potatoes and then I added some of that sauce, not all of that, because that makes about three cups. And I took the potatoes and I mashed them up with the skin on with some of that sauce. And then I stirred in chopped spinach and green peas. And it was so good. 
and no oil. So I thought that was pretty cool, but super creamy and super savory. Man, I sure love onions. Onions are delicious. Red onions, raw onions, cooked onions, caramelized onions, diced onions, chopped onions, onion rings. I love onions. Onions are my, I think probably my favorite like accessory food. Do you have favorite accessory foods? Like I would say onions and garlic are two, my two favorite accessory foods because I put that shit in everything. If I'm cooking, there are onions and garlic involved. And green onions and cilantro. Those are my favorite accessory garnish type foods. If, if I thought I could get away with it, I would just eat like an onion for dinner. Just cook it, grill it, eat it with a fork. I love onions. They're so good. Breaking news. <laughs> Director James Cameron of Aliens fame is opening the first all-vegan elementary school. Huh. Kind of neat. It's going to be in Calabasas. Um, I'm not sure if this is a completely different school than the one he already has. He already has an elementary school. Actually, I think it actually goes all the way up through high school. That is a, a private, uh, nonprofit school um, that teaches like about environmental issues. So it makes sense if he's teaching about environmental issues that veganism would come up because we all know you can't be a real environmentalist unless you are also vegan. Um, so that's pretty exciting, I guess. Um, I wonder what kind of impact it will have. I mean, it's one little school in a little sleepy town of Calabasas. Um, it's cool, though. I think that's neat. I wish more, you know, famous people would spend their money on good causes like education, especially vegan education. So I got absolutely no problems with that. I think that's awesome. Um, and good for him, him and his wife. Fill up their spare time running schools and teaching people to be vegan. I love it. Good on you, James Cameron. On March 1st is the LA Vegan Street Fair. I'm super excited about it. Uh, Jess from Power to the Veg and the Veg app and all kinds of other wonderful things that she does is uh, putting together this amazing food festival. It's a street fair style food festival, all vegan. And the amazing thing about it is that every single thing is $3 and under. So you can get them from $0.50 cents a dollar, $2, $3. Nothing's more expensive than $3. And everybody's offering small bites, which I think is just so brilliant because you get to taste everything. And I'm super excited about participating in it, super excited that something like this exists. I'm super grateful to Jess for handling it and putting it together. And I know it's going to be successful. I'm super excited about it. What disheartens me is the fact that there are people out there, vegans out there, that have decided that it's not okay to have 
non-vegan vendors sell vegan food at a vegan street fair. I don't get it. Like, they're even saying they're going to protest it. It sounds so ridiculous. Vegans protesting a vegan street fair for not being vegan enough. For example, there is, I think it's a, a taqueria in L.A. that is a super famous taqueria, and they are going to be serving all vegan soy chorizo tacos at the street fair. And people are saying, well, why would you support a company that also sells animals? I think I've, I've had this conversation before with, yes, you want to use your dollars to support vegan options at non-vegan establishments because then they know there's a demand for it. Then they increase the amount of options. And the more options that are vegetarian and vegan on the menus, the less people are ordering the meat options. It's a win-win for everybody. So to have a non-vegan establishment say, hey, look, there's this big demand for vegan options on our menu, and we can kick it off at this vegan street fair and make only vegan food where there's, I mean, as of right now, there's over 7,000 people RSVP'd on the Facebook event page. They see that there's a demand for it. They'll make the options for us then they'll put them possibly on their regular menus. I don't see the problem with this. I see this as a win-win situation. These kinds of street fairs bring people from all walks of life to these street fairs, you know? Not only vegans are gonna show up to the vegan street fair. If only vegans showed up to the vegan street fair, it would be pointless. Sure, it would be fun, but it sure wouldn't be spreading the news. It sure wouldn't be enticing new people to become vegan if only vegans went to it, that would be totally preaching to the choir. So, instead you get non-vegan vendors coming to a vegan festival, serving vegan-only food, their friends come to support them because they're, you know, friends, family, fans, whatever, come to this, they know that they're going to be there, but they only have the vegan option, so they now they eat vegan food. While they're there, they see all these other vegan options, all these other vegan vendors. When they try it and they go, oh my god, it's so delicious, I could do this, this is easy, I could do this. So I don't understand the problem. It's, you know, I, I get I get people wanting to protest. I get people wanting to be passionate about veganism. I'm passionate about veganism. But the last place I'm going to protest is a vegan event if they're promoting veganism. As a vegan, why not go protest in front of a zoo? Go protest in front of Sizzler. Go protest in front of a steakhouse. Why are you going to go protest at a vegan event? I've never been to a vegetarian food festival or a vegan, even a vegan beer fest. One of the most popular vegan events in California. Even a vegan beer, vegan beer fest has non-vegan vendors selling vegan food. The grilled cheese truck showed up at the vegan beer fest selling only vegan grilled cheeses. I didn't even know that, the, that grilled cheese truck had a vegan grilled cheese. But they were at the vegan beer fest selling only vegan grilled cheeses. I didn't see any protests about that. Three of the most popular vegan-friendly restaurants in L.A. Mohawk Ben, who hosts vegan authors and does these special events and promotes veganism. Tony Starsaway and Golden Road Brewery. Yes, they're all owned by the same person. The people that own Golden Road Brewery also own Mohawk Ben, also own Tony Starks Away. Guess what? Those are not vegan restaurants. Those are non-vegan restaurants. Yet, they're some of the most beloved vegan 
options in all of Los Angeles. People love going there for vegan beer and vegan food. They bring their non-vegan friends with them. Sometimes they order vegan, sometimes they don't. Nobody's protesting them because they have like a full vegan menu in addition to a non-vegan menu. Those are not vegan establishments. I don't see vegans protesting Golden Road Brewery. I don't see vegans protesting Tony's Darkway, and I sure don't see vegans protesting Mohawk Bend for not being vegan enough. Come on, guys. We are working towards, I mean, our ultimate goal is for everybody to be vegan, right? That's the ultimate goal. Well, you're not winning any favors by protesting at vegan events. That's, that's the kind of attitude that makes veganism look difficult, look strict. Oh my God, I'm going to a vegan event and vegans are protesting the vegan event. How could, I don't get it. Why, why are they such assholes, you know? We already have to fight that fight. We're already fighting against the image of being strict, difficult, holier than thou, self-righteous assholes. Why on earth would us vegans protest a vegan event? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. That's enough about that. I'm going to only focus on the positivity about this event from now forward. I am so excited. I'm selling tacos myself at the event. I'm doing some, I call them flaky fishy tacos. It's a seaweed infused rice with an amazing dilly tartar sauce and some slaw and some pepita sprinkles. Super excited. I'm also doing the Korean barbecue, spicy Korean barbecue jackfruit tacos that I did when I was in New York for that festival. Um, super excited. This is the first time I'm doing something like this, just going forward and doing it without promoting a book or anything. I'm just selling tacos. Spreading the vegan love. So if you're in Los Angeles, North Hollywood, go to the Vegan Street Fair. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be amazing. There's so many amazing vendors there. There's gonna be so much food. I'm gonna have to waddle out of there. Someone's gonna have to push me out on a wheelchair because I'm going to be so full of delicious food. So there's that. Everybody go to the Vegan Street Fair, support the Vegan Street Fair. Hopefully Vegan Street Fair will be able to not only repeat itself in Los Angeles, but also come to other cities and other states. Anytime there's a veg fest in your area, please go, please support it. Um, that's all I have to say about that. I think cauliflower is the new kale. Cauliflower is in everything these days. I love cauliflower, so I'm not complaining, but I just noticed it's like the big, hip, crazy, new thing. Actually, it's been like, I don't know, like a year since cauliflower has been like taking the vegan world by storm. I mean, in everything from like buffalo cauliflower bites to creamy soups and collie pots and that's a cauliflower mixed with mashed potatoes. Um, cauliflower's in everything. It's like the new superfood, but I don't even know, does it even have that much nutritional value? Tastes good. You can turn it into lots of fun things, but is it, uh, is it as good for you as all of those other things? I mean, I guess if you're replacing half of your potatoes with cauliflower, it's gonna be lower in calories, probably, but potatoes aren't bad for you. So why do you need to replace potatoes with cauliflower? Because potatoes are good for you. Hmm. I will have to do my research. I will have to find out if 
cauliflower is any better for you than potatoes. It's probably lower in calorie than potatoes. I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on collie pots. I do like buffalo cauliflower though. That's delicious. I do like cauliflower soup. That's also delicious. But this cauliflower potato debacle, I'm not sold. Not quite sold. So today I was thinking about supporting businesses that carry non-vegan items. I'll give you an example. Del Taco. Del Taco, the fast food chain that sells, you know, everything from beef to chicken to fish. But they also have, you know, vegan beans and rice. So what are your thoughts on spending money, your hard-earned money, at non-vegan establishments, but buying the vegan option. Um, I've had a lot of thinking about this because I, you know, I live in Southern California, so there's no real excuse for me not to go to all vegan establishments, but I also have to drive an hour to get to them. What about spending my hard-earned dollars at non-vegan establishments, only ordering the vegan options so that they know how much they're needed? so that they continue to carry those items. Um, Another perfect example is Chipotle, because Chipotle's gone the extra mile to actually use the word vegan on their menu now. And, you know, they've taken the bacon out of their black beans, or their regular beans don't have bacon in them, and now you can get black beans or regular beans. They added tofu sofritas to their menu as as an option for protein. And it's not just like, a little bit it's a big deal it's like they're it's it's there you get you know beef chicken pork or sofritas and they use freaking tofu they didn't use a mock meat they didn't do anything weird they used tofu and came up with their own recipe to have a you know a tofu option on the menu um you know we all face that that problem when we go out to eat with family or non-vegan friends but what about when it's just you and you're driving an hour to work and you want to pull over through a drive-thru and grab yourself something to eat man if we all lived in San Diego we could just drive through evolution fast food because it's a vegan drive-thru where you could get a vegan bacon cheeseburger and fries and a soda a Zevia you know or a blue sky, but that's not reality in most of the world. Most of the world doesn't have vegan drive-thrus. As far as I know, I think that that might be the only one that I know of. Now, Veggie Grill, on the other hand, who is now pretty much throughout all of the United States, I really wish they would start opening drive-thrus. That would be pretty cool. Their menu is perfect for a drive-thru. Anyhow, I got off subject. My point being, what if it's just you, like, or me, driving to work? I'm going to drive past a Del Taco on my way to work and I want a burrito and a bag of french fries. Do I think that that's a bad thing? No, it's not healthy. It's not a healthy choice to make. But is it a immoral choice? Am I giving my money to a company that supports the death and torture of animals? Or am I giving my money to a company who also provides vegetarian options and vegan options, and I want them to know that the vegan options are important to me, so I would like to continue shopping there and giving them my money so that they will continue to carry those options. That is my, uh, 
I don't know. I think it sometimes it's called vegan guilt. Sometimes, and, and it goes across, you know, the spectrum of so many different things. But between, you know, food and other things is, you know, it, it expands. And am I doing enough? Um, am, am I not only just buying vegan foods, but am I also buying ethically sourced foods where the workers are getting, you know, paid proper wages? Is my coffee, you know, fair trade? Is my chocolate, you know, Rainforest Alliance certified, non-GMO? There's just so many things, you know, and sometimes I get overwhelmed. And I'm sure a lot of you do too. You just get overwhelmed with, with all of the requirements for living a sustainable and, you know, compassionate lifestyle. But back to Del Taco or Taco Bell or any of, you know, any of the big fast food places or even sit-down chain restaurants, Chili's or or places like that, you know. I My husband and I used to go to Chili's a lot before he was vegetarian because I knew I could get the fajitas that were just grilled vegetables and portobello mushrooms and tortillas. It was a perfect vegan option for me. It was hot. It was tasty. It was filling. But I'm giving my money to a restaurant that, you know, makes steak and baby back ribs. That's their signature, baby back ribs. Do I really want to give my money to a company like that? So that's some of the thoughts that, you know, I think about just on a regular day-to-day basis. I think, I think... I'm swaying towards the side, and I don't know, maybe this is just me justifying it to myself so that I, 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 I will continue to not feel guilty when I go through the drive-thru at Del Taco, but I think it is important to spend our money at non-vegan establishments and let them know that, that vegan options need to be on every menu. Asking the waiters and the waitresses, do you have anything that's vegan? Do you have a vegan option? What are the vegan options? Are your vegetables steamed or sautéed in butter or oil? Just so that even the people that work there become more aware can become a, a teaching experience uh, just by asking, you know, how are how is my food prepared? So I think I do sway towards the side that it's okay to spend your money at non-vegan establishments as long as you're taking the opportunity to make sure they know you're ordering vegan options and that they know you're ordering for a specific reason and they know that it's important that they continue to carry those options um yeah i have embarked on the 28 day engine two diet challenge yes you heard me right joni marie newman lover of all things deep fried and then dipped in veganaise have embarked on a oil-free challenge. (sighs) Okay, so number one, you guys don't need to worry. I am not going oil-free for life. That I can uh, guarantee. I believe in all things in moderation, and I think a little bit of oil here or there is not going to kill you. To tell you the truth, I think a lot of oil here and there is not going to kill you. But As I've mentioned before, I believe that there are certain ways that an oil-free diet can really help people, and nationwide there's this big Engine 2 challenge going on, and I am leading a group of people doing it in Laguna Beach, so I am doing it since I'm leading the group. And, you know, 
it's not going to hurt me. It's, if anything, going to help me lose a few pounds. And there's an exercise program that goes along with it. So, yeah, I have embarked on this challenge. Um, as I am speaking right now, it's only day two, so um, I haven't felt any real uh, anxiety yet um, cooking without oil. Um, and I've written lots of oil-free recipes in my life. I can do it, and I know how to add flavor to things. So I'm not freaking out about it. So I am going to be cooking a lot of food in bulk so that I can just throw together bowls and stuff like that. Um, but I do want to tell you why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because I think I do actually need a kickstart to, you know, clean my diet up a little bit. I've always been one of those people that are like proud at any size. I don't fat shame people. Um, I am a bigger girl and I always will be a bigger girl and I've always been a bigger girl. So I'm not um, hoping to become some skinny mini by any sense of the word. However, I also know that I'm, for me, bigger than I want to be. And I'm, for me, out of, out of shape and you know I'm a, always have been an active person swimmer hiker um, I've run two marathons in my lifetime um, but if you ask me to do that tomorrow I couldn't do any of it you know um, I get out of breath a lot easier than I used to I don't have the endurance that I used to so you know what I need to I need to do something to clean myself up a little bit I've been getting too lackadaisical and too um, not caring about that kind of stuff. So I'm going to do this 28-day challenge and I'm hoping to find some really good recipes that I like a lot. A lot of the recipes in going vegan are oil-free so I stand behind those recipes and I will make a lot of that food during this uh, 28 days. And I'm also making food for my friends at work so that they can see that it's easy to do and that it's it can be delicious and um, there's a group of four people that are not vegan that have decided to try this challenge and so it's it's fun to watch um, them try new foods and I just watched a guy at work eat tofu scramble for the first time he's like this is just like eggs and I was like see you don't need eggs he's like I can totally do this it's totally doable so that was wonderful and positive and inspiring um, the hardest thing for me right now is the salt the oil I can I can do it's uh it's not adding salt the uh, requirements for this program are uh, the sodium can be no higher than one milligram of sodium per calorie which sounds like a lot like if you think about it a slice of bread is a hundred calories so 100 milligrams of sodium that's a ton right no I started looking at labels and you know we've always read labels for ingredients to make sure things are vegan I've never once looked at how much sodium is in a slice of bread and a lot of like even Dave's killer bread is like 180 milligrams of sodium whereas there's only 100 100 calories in the slice of bread or 80 calories I'm like wow so it's almost impossible to find bread that is you know low sodium so I'm on the on the hunt for that um, that's one of my my first challenges on this is to find some decent bread that's whole wheat and low sodium uh, I know that the Ezekiel bread meets the requirements so I might have to go that route I know lots of people love it anyway so I'll go that route it's just uh, it, it's interesting because 
you know, as a vegan, eating a vegan diet, we've always had to watch labels and look at what we eat. And I've always been like, well, I gave enough enough. I don't eat cheese. I don't eat eggs. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat meat. I don't eat fish. I don't eat any of that stuff. So if I want to have, you know, extra oil or extra salt, no big, right? Because, you know, my numbers are good. I have low cholesterol, low blood pressure. All, you know, all my blood work comes back great. But the truth is, it's not. You, sometimes you got to eat a, a salad with a low-fat dressing or just have some really clean, good food. So I'm cleaning my diet up a bit, at least for the next 28 days. I'm hoping that some of the habits will stick, even if I don't stick to a completely oil-free diet after that. And I'm having fun with this new exercise program, that's for sure. Um, felt good to get sweaty and out of breath and huffing and puffing and feeling my muscles twitch uh, this morning. So that's a good thing, and I, I, I crave that feeling now, you know where I know it only one time, but you, you forget. You forget how good exercise makes you feel. And while I was doing it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so hard. But afterwards, I felt good and strong. And so I'm excited to, to get back onto a, a good exercise routine. And, hey, you never know. Maybe I'll lose a few pounds. But whatever. Lose a few pounds or not. I'm not stepping on the scale during this whole challenge. So that's one thing that I'm proud of myself for doing. I'm not going to become weight-obsessed while doing it. I know how if I fit well into my clothes, I know what I look like when I look into the mirror, and I know what I feel like when I'm walking up a flight of stairs. And that's really why I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it for myself to feel better, not to have a, a smaller number on the scale. So that's my journey. Um, I know that there are tons of people doing this challenge over the next 28 days. Um, so check in with me on my Facebook page or on my website, justthefood.com, where I will post some of the recipes that I'm using for this challenge and also for um, some of the stuff that I've bought at the store, some of the challenges I'm facing. And I'm just pretty much going to do a weekly post. Um, so that will be at least four posts about it. Plus I'll Instagram some of my meals and stuff. Um, just to hopefully get other people inspired to try some of these healthy meals as well. Even though, like I said, don't worry, Cover Food Joni is not going away. Um, I've got some really cool plans for some new projects coming up after this challenge is over. So, yes, that's Joni doing Engine 2 Challenge. And if you guys have any questions about it, you can always look up the challenge um, on the Engine 2 Diet website. I'm not sure what it is. I'll put it in the show notes and also their Facebook page, Engine 2 Challenge. Um, it's, it's, it's cool. It's fun. It's vegan. And if, like I said earlier, you can tap into people's vanity in order to get them to try going vegan, go for it. This is the easy way to do it. The Engine 2 Diet. Um, I don't remember how much I talked about it other than briefly mentioning it for a hot minute when um, I was talking about going out to eat with Jackie and how I was worried about ordering stuff that was fried. But regardless, this girl right here, Miss Deep Fried Delicious, hearty vegan meals for monster appetites, loves to make burgers that are fried. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, I took the Engine 2 Challenge. Um, I'm about, gosh, when did it end? It ended on February 9th, 
And as of today, which is February 22nd, um, I'm done with the challenge. I did it. I succeeded in the challenge. I did four weeks of following the Engine 2 diet. I didn't eat any foods with added oil or white flour, no processed foods, no added uh, white sugar, uh, no added salt, like very low sodium. The diet that I have always and 100% like vehemently voiced my opinion about being against, I actually did it. And I did it for a month. And then after that 28 day challenge was over, I decided and what I had come to, you know, feel was good for me anyways, is that for like, as often as I can, I'm going to try to continue to eat that way. If I'm going out to dinner with friends for a birthday dinner or like earlier today I went to a chili cook-off, I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm not going to be too overly concerned about whether or not I have a little bit of oil or too much salt on, you know, a special occasion. However, when I'm cooking at home or when I'm, you know, making my lunches for work, I'm going to do the best that I can to maintain that, that eating style. I do feel wholeheartedly that I think it's very, very, very important to have vegan cupcakes and vegan cookies and vegan cheeseburgers and vegan quesadillas and ice cream and all the junk food that goes along with being vegan. Well, all the junk food in life, but being vegan doesn't mean we don't have to have that junk food. So I think it's really important that those foods exist and I think it's really important that we can enjoy those foods. And I have no bit of food shaming about anything that you guys want to eat or if I want to eat it, I hope no one shames me. However, in the past, I have talked about how much these SOS type diets are like over the top or what have you. But I, what I found was while I was eating that way, I actually did feel better. So I felt better. I felt like I had more energy. I felt like my body was processing the foods that I was eating in a much better way, meaning I was getting more nutrients. I was getting more um, life out of my food. So um, I take it back, guys. If you want to eat that way, eat that way. It's all good. However, caveat, do not put shame on people who don't. It is not your responsibility to worry about what other people are eating, as long as it's not killing animals or torturing animals. As long as the food is vegan, you've got no business telling people what they should and shouldn't eat. And I still believe that, I wholeheartedly believe that, and I will always believe that. Food shaming, fat shaming, all of those things, it's a disgusting habit, and I seriously hope that vegans that think that it's okay to tell people that they're eating, what they're eating is not vegan enough because it's not healthy or things like that. If I ever hear someone say that in front of me, like, well, or even writes it to me in, you know, a Facebook post or whatever, I'm going to, like, strangle you guys I swear it drives me absolutely bananas how I eat how you eat how your next-door neighbor eats as long as they're not killing animals or torturing animals then it's none of our business what people put into their mouth so like I said I'm trying to be healthy right now I'm trying to you know
get myself into better shape for me, for no one else but for me, you know? Just for me. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's for my husband, too, because he deserves to have a sexy hot mama laying next to him in bed. Not that he doesn't think I'm a sexy hot mama just as I am, but okay, let's take it back then. Yeah, once again, it's for me. So I feel that way because when I feel sexy, then he'll think I'm sexy. So whatever. Anyhow, I believe anybody can look and eat however, whatever that they want. There is no responsibility to anybody for someone to work out more, for someone to eat more healthfully. There's, like, there's no rules for that. That's not a real thing. You know, someone, someone can tell you to eat healthy and you know what? Screw them if you don't want to eat healthy. It doesn't matter. If someone told me to eat healthy, that would make me want to go eat a cheeseburger. You know, so screw people who tell you to eat healthy if you don't want to eat healthy. You don't have to. Just don't kill any animals with what you're eating. Don't kill any animals. Don't torture any animals. We'll all be happy. It's all good. We can all live uh, in a fine world together. We don't have to be, you know, up in each other's business. Uh, I, if you're interested in seeing some of the foods that I was eating, I did post on my on my uh, blog, justthefood.com, um, all the different foods that I was eating while I was on the Engine 2 diet. Um, and a lot of those same recipes I'm just going to continue to use because they were easy for me to make and I can make a lot of them and that way I had enough to take with me when I was going to work because um, you know eating fresh healthy vegetables all the time and lots of greens and lots of you know different um, vegetables that are nutrient dense it's not only time consuming to cook like that but it's also very um, expensive um, but I can definitely see how it's difficult to eat a healthy plant-based meal every day if you're on a limited budget, and that's why a lot of people opt for cheap, fast, processed food because it's cheaper, and sometimes that's all you can afford. Um, so no shame coming from me. If you can afford fresh vegetables, I'm glad. I think it should be a basic human right that everybody should be able to afford fresh vegetables, fresh produce, organic vegetables. And I think there's a lot of work we need to do as a society to make sure that the low-income communities and people that don't have a lot of money and children and people in schools and the nutrition uh, guidelines for schools should include much more fresh vegetables, much more fresh produce and vegetables and nutrient-dense foods. But that's, a, you know, a different topic and has nothing to do with food shaming and more to do with politics and I'm a little bit, uh, I get a little bit passionate when I start talking about that stuff, so I'll save that for another episode. Um, we can talk food politics and food justice and food deserts and underserved communities and lack of nutrition education and food deserts and all of that kind of stuff but for the moment right now I'm gonna put a lid on that <laughs> it's a rainy cold cloudy icky day in Southern California the perfect day for chili which made it the perfect day to drive out to Burbank to go to Tony's darts away and enjoy 
samples of chili from five different cooks who are competing in the all-vegan chili cook-off that happened at Tony Stark's Away today. All the vegan chili was delicious. There were five different varieties, and they were all completely different from another, two of which had beans, so in my personal opinion, uh, they should have been disqualified because we all know real chili has no beans, but it was delicious nonetheless. Uh, it was very inspiring just to see how many people showed up for this event. So Tony's Darts Away is a bar. It's basically a dive bar type place. And it is not a vegan exclusive restaurant by any means or by any stretch of the, the imagination. But they do have, um, I would say, a 50% vegan menu. So you want to get a chili dog, you can get a vegan chili dog, or you can get a regular chili dog. So by no means is this a vegan-only establishment. But this is a vegan chili cook-off. And the place was flipping packed. There were so many people there. The line was out of control. It was super crowded, standing room only, and barely enough room to stand. It was super inspiring to see how many people show up for a vegan chili cook-off on a rainy afternoon in Burbank on a Sunday. Super, super cool. There were some great people there. I met some new friends. I met up with some old friends. All in all, it was just a super exciting day, very inspiring, and it made me want to go home and, you know, do more outreach, do more vegan outreach, continue that totally exciting, like, energy that I experienced when I was at the chili cook-off and put that forth in my everyday life. More blogging, more writing, more Facebook, more Instagram, more recipes, more actual outreach, like out on the streets, boots on the ground, going out there and doing the work that needs to be done to promote veganism. Also, this year is going to be spectacular. Um, there's just so much going on. Just this coming month alone, we have, you know, we have the vegan chili cook-off today. Next weekend, March 1st, is the vegan street fair, which if you haven't heard of this and you're in the L.A. area, you need to get your booty down to the vegan street fair. It's an all-vegan food festival um, with over 40 vendors and a couple of non-food vendors, but mostly all food vendors, and it's all small bites, so it's going to be totally delicious. Um, and I'm super excited about that. And then in May is the Vita Vegan Conference. Um, and also in May is the Vegan Beer Festival. And also in March is some World Vegan Summit. And also in March is Expo West. It's just going to be such an amazing next few months for vegan events and outreach opportunities. And I'm super excited about it. I remember in the last episode, I talked about just really focusing in and getting at least one other person to be vegan. If one more person becomes vegan, then we will double our numbers, right? If all of us can get one more person to go vegan. So I'm trying to figure out ways to do that other than, you know, the things I'm doing already. And going to these events just helps inspire me. It gives me new ideas and it gives me new hope. And the more I see more people, I just, ah, oh, it's just so wonderful and awesome and amazing. 
and I'm filled with joy and I'm filled with inspiration and I'm filled with hope for a, an awesome vegan future. I know I'm sounding all hippy dippy right now, so I'll just stop talking before I sound too uh, new agey. Just a quick angry shout out to all you Mexican food restaurants out there that think you should put sour cream in your guacamole or mayonnaise in your guacamole or chicken fat in your guacamole. Sometimes chips and guacamole is the only thing that's available on your stupid menu for a vegan to eat to begin with. Why would you ruin something as simple and delicious as guacamole by adding freaking dairy to it? That is so disgusting. Thanks a lot for ruining my meal. Maybe some of you are familiar with a city called Irvine. It's a city in Orange County, California. Um, originally, I'm guessing it was more of a farming community, and then a lot of industry began uh, popping up in Irvine. Big buildings, office buildings, things like that. Now it's like a mega hub for technology, there's a university, UCI, home of the anteaters, or the aardvarks, or something like that. Who knows? Um, anyhow, so I'm driving home from work. It's about 10 o'clock at night. Tonight, I decided to go a different way, and I wound up in Irvine near a shopping center called The Spectrum. The Spectrum, I've gone to a bazillion times. There's a veggie grill in there. Um, it's just like a big, giant, outdoor shopping mall full of over-the-top, like, decor and palm trees and done in kind of like a fake Mediterranean look to it. Anyways, it's just a big shopping center with restaurants and movies and stores that you'd normally find in those types of shopping centers. A mall, basically, but outside. It's pretty neat. Everybody in Irvine goes there. Everybody in the surrounding area goes there. It's a great place for entertainment, I suppose, and a way to kill a evening walking around and shopping and eating and kind of movie theater and IMAX and all that good stuff. Anyways, right across the street from the Spectrum is a apartment complex called The Village. Now, I've heard of this place before and I've seen it. I've driven by it on the outside before. It's The idea is that you can completely like not have to leave your apartment complex to live. I mean, you can leave, of course, but you don't have to. There's a little market, a post office, uh, a Starbucks, all kinds of like little tiny independent businesses other than Starbucks because they're obviously not an independent business. Uh, lining the bottom floor of this apartment complex. And it's almost like a miniature city. It's very weird. It's like a Disneyland-esque um, where you're walking down Main Street and there's all like the fake building above but the stores on the bottom like a facade it looks like a facade but I guess people actually live in these apartments above all of these little businesses and in the center there's this giant park I decided to drive through it for whatever reason on the way home because I guess I've just always been fascinated by the idea of it 
And I became even more fascinated by the idea of it tonight when I saw what it actually is. I, I mean, whoever built it, I think they, they were onto something. They're building a, a, you know, it's called the village for a reason. You don't have to leave. You can just live there. There's people walking around. It's 1030 at night. People walking around, walking their dogs, sitting next to the park at these little tables. I'm sure there's pools and jacuzzis and gyms and all of that as well. It's pretty, pretty swanky and pretty, you know, fancy. Now, at the same time, it also is kind of strange because it doesn't seem real because everything's new and clean and perfect. And I'm sure there's people walking around all the time picking up any bit of trash that comes down. But bear with me here because I'm going out on the limb. Someone needs to build a vegan village. Can somebody with a lot of money please build a vegan village and make it apartments, not condos? Make it apartments so people can move in there and afford to live there. How cool would that be? All along the bottom would be, you know, vegan restaurants and markets and coffee shops and a bar. How amazing would that be? And a park in the middle where you could take your dogs. How fun. Somebody, please, build the vegan village. Build it. I will move there. I will live there. I mean, if I had a few uh, million dollars to spend, I would build the vegan village. Someone needs to build the vegan village. I know there's somebody out there who can can make this happen. I am sending the message out to the world. Can somebody please build the vegan village? Build it. Build the vegan village. I will move there. I know lots of people will move there. It is a utopia that I can only imagine in my dreams. But I've seen the real thing, not vegan version. I've seen the real thing in Irvine. I think we can do it, vegans. Let's pull together and build it. Build the vegan village. Portland built a vegan mini mall. Maybe we could do it in Portland. I don't know. Let's build it somewhere. Actually, let's not do it in Portland. They are already a giant vegan village. Let's build it like somewhere else. Somewhere more affordable, maybe. But it will bring us all there. No one can say we have to drive hours to go to, you know the closest market that carries nutritional yeast because we'll have our own market in our own village. Let's make it happen, people. I'm putting the word out. Make it happen. So I have a nephew. He's 14. Uh, sometimes he stays with us when his mom goes out of town. Sometimes he just comes over for the day. Sometimes he comes over with his mom sometimes he comes over by himself sometimes we all go out to dinner um obviously he's my nephew so i've known him since he was born and um he's been coming and staying with us every once in a while ever since he was a little baby um when he was old enough to understand his mom was very um like open with him hey your aunt joni doesn't eat meat your aunt joni's vegan and so from a very, very young age, he's, understand, he's understood what vegan means. And he understands that I don't eat animals because I don't think it's right to eat animals. His mom is not vegan. He is not vegan. But he's very open to it. And he's very understanding of it. Whenever he comes over to my house, because we don't have meat in our house at all, he eats vegan food. And he's open to it. And he's very open-minded to it. And... Um, 
it's really cool. Um, it'd be even cooler if his mom and him were vegan, but it's really cool that he's open to it. Um, I mean, he's a 14-year-old boy. How many 14-year-old boys are open to anything, let alone having vegan tacos with sesame sriracha sauce and cabbage and stuff squirted all over him? I mean, he, you know, most teenage boys want to go to McDonald's or Jack in the Box or whatever. So, that's it. Just that I think it's so cool that, you know, parents are teaching their kids about where their food comes from. Um, he's very open to the idea of veganism, though he's not vegan himself. And he knows that the food can be delicious. And he knows that it doesn't mean you can't eat food. And he knows that it doesn't mean you have to eat a sa salad for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, I think that the more vegans there are, the more vegan children there are, the more we spread the message, the more mainstream it becomes, pretty soon, it's going to be like, just part of the everyday landscape, and I can't wait, I'm so excited for that day. rant today about, I know, it's so talked about so much, but about ex-vegan. A long ass time ago, I wrote a post um, on my blog about, it's called Never Trust an Ex-Vegan, and man, it is the most commented on post that I've ever written. Um, it was about the gal, uh, I don't even remember her name at the time, Alexandra, Alexandra Jameson who uh, used to be vegan, wrote a bunch of vegan books about how to be vegan. I think she wrote The Dummy's Guide to Be Vegan or The Idiot's Guide to Be Vegan. And then a follow-up to that, The Idiot's Guide to Living Vegan or Staying Vegan or whatever. And then she decided she wasn't vegan anymore because her body was craving other shit. Whatever. I wrote a post about it, calling her a hypocrite. And I got called a hypocrite and judgmental and all that good stuff. Here's the deal. I'm probably one of the least judgmental people in the world. Um, I'm always accused of being too nice, too understanding. And uh, my favorite was, quote, having too much faith in people. Uh, so to be called judgmental always just makes me laugh and I just kind of ignore it and whatever. But here's the deal. As a ethical vegan, as an ethical vegan, I have decided to give up eating animals because I know what horrible things happen to them in order for them to become a meal on my plate. And yes, that also includes dairy, and yes, that also includes cheese and eggs and all that, wearing leather and animal-tested uh, cosmetics and all that crap, too. I just don't understand how, after knowing that stuff, change your mind and go back to eating that stuff. Where, where, does, where does the flip, the switch get flipped in your brain that tells you all that stuff you know, all that stuff that made you go vegan in the first place, all that horrific torture that goes on in the animal agriculture industry, it, it, it's still there. In fact, it's probably even worse than it ever was. So I don't understand how if you know that, you can change your mind and say all of a sudden, oh, but that's okay. That's all right. I've decided I'm okay with that. 
judgmental. Once again, I'm one of the least judgmental persons in the world because before we were vegan, we were not. And, you know, there are very few of us that were born this way, and I'm certainly not one of them. And I'm guilty of enjoying a bacon cheeseburger on a regular basis before I really understood what, what it was I was putting into my body. And now that I know, there's no way I could go back. And that's why it's really frustrating for me to understand how other people could. How other people could know. And then, you know, just ignore it and say, ah, oh, you know, I, it's not that big of a deal. I, I enjoy the taste, the taste of bacon more than I care about the torture of millions and millions of animals. Just so interesting to me. Now, if you're someone who is a plant-based eater who has given up eating meat for health reasons, it's less difficult for me to understand why you would, why you would go back. Maybe you had cravings or maybe your willpower wasn't strong enough to give it up, but that's because your reasons were never ethically based anyways. They were just like, an, it's like another diet. And we all know that diets fail regularly for most people. So I kind of understand how a, you know, a plant-based eater would go back to eating meat or dairy or whatever based on that. So I'm going to share a story with you that I heard, and this is not judging. I just can't figure it out. I have a good friend who's married to a vegetarian of over 20 years who just recently, in the last couple of months, started eating pork was at a, a place where they where they were, you know, enjoying some wine and at a wine tasting and they had raised the pig on the farm then they slaughtered the pig on the same farm and then they roasted the pig on the same farm and they were serving it to people that were visiting the farm. And he was like, well, it's already dead, people are already eating it, I might as well. And just went gangbusters on this pig and has decided that, like, pork, for whatever reason, like makes him feel strong, makes him feel good, gives them this like euphoria or whatever. And so now, you know, he doesn't need anything else, no other meat or anything, just pork. I just find it so strange. And I was talking to my husband about it. You know, and my husband's not perfect. He eats cheese and eggs still. Um, but he did give up meat a couple of years ago. And I asked him, I go, you know, how do you feel about that? He goes, man, if anything, that would be the, that would turn me off more than make me crave it. But it bothers me because it's not necessary. And I think people otherwise, other, you know, otherwise very, very smart, intelligent, some of the most intelligent, these two people are some of the most intelligent people I know. Um, most amazing people I know, people I care about very much. They know better. So I don't know I don't know why they've made these these choices. It's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. I'm not gonna not be friends with these people anymore. I'm not gonna love them any less. But it does break my heart. It really does break my heart. Um that's all I got for you today. Talk to you next time.
You've been listening to Vegan Road Rants with Joni Marie Newman. To find out more about me and veganism, head on over to my website, justthefood.com. Click on the podcast tab to find show notes and links to all the stories we talked about in today's episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Joni Marie Newman. Like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joni Cooks Vegan. Extra special thanks to Mr. Michael Samino for providing the amazing theme song and sound bites for this podcast, as well as to Scott McClymans for providing the amazing artwork. Remember, it is never okay to murder or torture another living being just for a tasty supper.